Welcome to On Mission, the teaching ministry of the Mission Church in Irvindale. We exist to love God by loving others, leading them to become fully functioning followers of Christ Jesus. Join Pastor Mike as he teaches through the Gospel of Luke. Take your Bibles this morning, turn with me to Luke chapter 6. We're going to look at verses 12 through 19. And as we come to Luke chapter 6, verses 12 through 19, I found that there were several obvious ways to approach this text. I, I could certainly take this text and spend the entire time talking about Jesus' dependence on prayer, for we find that being illustrated there in the passage. I could be talking about um, Jesus calling the 12 apostles and what does all of that mean and who are they and all that kind of thing. I could do that or we could just take the end of the passage and continually talk about his power to heal and to deliver. And all of these themes are prominent in the text. But today I'm going to take a less obvious pathway. It is one that will, it's set in the larger context of the chapters we have already come through, but it also will bring to light his prayer, his calling of the apostles, and his deliverance of the oppressed. I've titled today's message, All Authority. All Authority. And what I want to do is take a few moments here at the outset to set the context of Jesus's authority. From the time we entered chapter 4 until this text today, Even though we've been seeing many different things and we've been addressing them as such, underlying all of those accounts is Jesus' authority. And I want you to see that this morning. I think I've put it on your note guide so you can follow along if you would like. It will not be on the screen. But we begin in chapter 4, verses 6 through 7, where we found Satan offering Jesus his authority if he would bow down and worship him. Of course, we know that Jesus refused that because he did not need Satan's authority. His authority comes from the Father. And so that's where we start to begin to see this this issue of authority coming up. In chapter 4, verses 28 through 29, Jesus demonstrates his teaching authority there in his hometown of Nazareth. And as we recall, his authority to teach was, was violently, and that's not a stretch, was violently rejected. As we moved on to verses 32 and 38 of chapter 4, we find him again um, displaying his authority to teach, and this time in the synagogue in Capernaum, and this time his authority and his message was enthusiastically accepted. In chapter 4, verses 38 through 44, Jesus demonstrates his authority over disease, over physical maladies, and also over demonic spirits through his healings and exorcisms. As we go over to chapter 5, verses 1 through 11, Jesus demonstrates his authority to call men, women, in that case, in that tech context, it was men, but he calls men and women. He showed his authority there to call them to come and be his disciple, to learn from him. In chapter 5, verses 12 through 16, Jesus demonstrates his authority over the effects of sin through his healing of a leprous man. In chapter 5, verses 17 through 26, he showed his authority to forgive sin through his healing of a paralytic. In chapter 5, verses 27 through 29, he uh, showed his authority to replace 
the bankrupt system of Judaism with a new pathway to righteousness. If you remember, I think, who was it? Uh, was, it was um, Hannah up here who just brought uh, our remembrance to the old rags, new bags, or new, right, whatever. Uh, that was that message where, where Jesus referred to Judaism as old wineskins and his gospel as new wine, and he indicated the two don't work together. In chapter 6, verse 5, Jesus claims his authority as Lord of the Sabbath. He is the one who has the right to interpret what is in keeping and what is not in keeping. And then we come to today's text where Jesus demonstrates his authority to elevate select disciples to the place of apostleship. And in doing so, he set a new number of ministers, of leaders, who will ultimately become the leaders of the 12 tribes of Israel and one day will have their names inscribed in the foundation stones of the New Jerusalem, Revelation 21, 14. So as I've moved through those chapters, you can see that Jesus' authority is a constant focus from the temptation he experienced at the beginning of his ministry in the wilderness all the way to the selection of the apostles, which we will look at today. Having gone through that review, let's now look at verses 12 through 19 of Luke chapter 6, which say, In these days he went out to the mountain to pray, and all night he continued in prayer to God. And when day came, he called his disciples, and he chose from them twelve, whom he named apostles. Who are they? Simon, whom he named Peter, and Andrew his brother, and James and John and Philip and Bartholomew, and Matthew and Thomas, and James the son of Alphaeus, and Simon who was called the Zealot, and Judas the son of James, and Judas Iscariot who became a traitor. And he came down with them and he stood on a level place with a great crowd of his disciples and great multitude of people from all Judea and Jerusalem and the seacoast of Tyre. And Sidon, who came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. And those who were troubled with unclean spirits were cured. And all the crowd sought to touch him, for power came out from him and healed them all. So from this uh, text, I find um, four points that can be drawn out. The first one has to do with the impetus of Jesus' authority. In case you don't know what that word means, it means the, the, the force, the drive of his authority, the impetus of Jesus' authority. We also find the outworking of his authority. We find the sufficiency of his authority. And finally, I want to end up by looking at any present-day takeaways that we can benefit from personally. We begin with the impetus of Jesus' authority. Verse 12 of Luke chapter 6. And as we begin here, I ask this question that you don't need to respond to. It's just a way of getting going. Can anyone here legitimately cast doubt on Jesus' authority to select whomever he wants to and to put them in whatever position he desires? Does anybody, does anybody contest his authority? No. Perhaps you do, but if you did, I don't see how you could do that legitimately. 
especially given the status that he was given by God the Father. And we see that in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18, where Jesus said, All authority in heaven and on earth have been given to me. Now, when we read that, what more needs to be said about his authority? All, all in heaven, all in earth has been given to him. What more needs to be said except to point out that despite his possession of all authority in heaven and on earth, he still spent an entire night praying about the disciples whom he would appoint apostles. Now, before I get any deeper in that, let's define those terms because I'm pretty sure that many of us don't know the difference between a disciple and an apostle. So a disciple is simply this, and this is what the word means. It means a student, a follower, a learner. If you come to faith in Jesus Christ, then you are a disciple. Whether you behave like one or not is a whole nother topic. But you are, if you're following Jesus, then you are a learner of Jesus. You are a student of Jesus, and you should be walking in lockstep with Jesus. That is what a disciple is. An apostle, however, is a messenger, an ambassador, a representative of. As you can see, there's quite a difference between being a disciple and being an apostle. Mark this down. Jesus had many disciples. We tend to think of 12. We're always saying that. I've said that. Why do I do that? That is so incorrect. Stop saying that if you say that. Don't talk about 12 disciples. He had hundreds of disciples. Okay? But from the many disciples, Jesus chose 12 men who would become apostles. Men who, after their training, would have the unique privilege and distinct burden of being Jesus' first-generation messengers of the gospel, ambassadors to the nations, and his authoritative representatives of his kingdom. Given that these apostles would be the foundation upon which Christianity would be built, with Jesus being the chief cornerstone, whose names also would be inscribed in the twelve foundation stones of the New Jerusalem, the selection of these men carried infathomable or unfathomable or however you say that word a great weight more than comprehensible is the weight that 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 lay on Jesus as he's about to pick from the many disciples the 12 apostles who would become the foundation of Christianity and have their names inscribed in the foundation stones of the new Jerusalem What an awesome privilege. That brings me to truth point number one. That although Jesus is God in flesh, during his earthly ministry, he operated primarily from the human side with his divine attributes surrendered to the Father. You say, what does that mean? Well, it means that despite his inherent authority, inherent authority over all things, he needed, I use that word needed, he needed communion with the Father in prayer to discern the Father's will concerning the matters that he faced. Jesus, in that way, in his flesh, was no different than you and me. He didn't just possess all of that knowledge and just use it at will. That was all relinquished to the Father. And so now he must 
spend time. He must go to the Father. He must ask of the Father. Despite the fact that all authority was his, he dare not engage the task of choosing 12 apostles without first inquiring of the Father who should receive that call. So the impetus or the energy or the drive or the thrust of Jesus' authority on earth, catch this, was his dependent posture of prayer. You want to know what his drive, what was the thrust, what was the energy? It was his dependent posture of prayer to the Father, submitted to the Father's authority, reliant upon the Father's power to make kingdom decisions or to take kingdom action. And we see it clearly demonstrated there in verse 12. He spent the entire night. I could go into the Greek terms of the original language and show you how the words are there that actually indicate it wasn't all night is not just an example or just a, uh, a figure of speech. It literally means all night. We're talking 12, 10 to 12 hours of prayer. Who in here has done that? That's what Jesus, the Son of God, required to make this choice. This is On Mission. The Mission Church is located at 12001 Ridgemont Drive in Urbandale. To learn more about our ministry, visit our website at themissiondsm.org or call us at 515-255-2122. We gather for worship each Sunday at 10 a.m. We would be honored for you to join us. Have a blessed day, and thank you for listening to On Mission. On Mission.